Welcome to 021 Cast, the podcast where thought leaders in Web3 meet to discuss pertinent topics in the cryptocurrency and NFT world. My name is JPEGtologist and I will be your host for today. So sit back, grab yourself a notepad if you wish, and enjoy. Today, we are joined by an iconic founder and builder in the Web3 space, Brian. Say hi, Brian. Hey. Brian is the founder and builder of Hyperspace, a powerful NFT marketplace, launchpad, wallet tracker, leaderboard, and aggregator. Today, he will be talking to us about the creator economy in Web3. But before we begin, tell us about yourself, Brian. What's your background and how did you get into Web3? Yeah, uh, again, thanks for uh, having me here. I'm super excited. Big fan of 021 just in general. Yeah, I, uh, I'm Brian, part of Hyperspace. My Web3 journey begins back in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been a techie, you know, nerdy kid growing up. Um, knew a lot about technology in general, but I actually infamously uh, have, ha- was a almost a, a skeptic of, of Web3 and NFTs. I remember my first introduction to NFTs was when uh, NBA Top Shot was released. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the concept actually uh, made a lot of sense. I, I loved collecting things when I was a kid. I think having digitalized assets collectible was super uh, intuitive. But at the same time, I think that was the era where NFTs were booming and there were a lot of skeptical talks on cryptocurrency and Web3 assets in general. And I've, I've always been a both experimental, but at the same time, pretty conservative in my view of newer assets. My start of my career was in TradFi. I worked in investment banking. So mm-hmm. there's obviously always a rivalry between traditional finance and, and um, new finance, as we should call it. So long story short, mm-hmm. I've always been, uh, you know, NFTs are a scam, like Web3 uh, mm-hmm. is a joke. And I was kind of uh, coming over to I have skepticism. And then two of my friends in the summer of 2021, who I've worked with before, um, mm-hmm. approached me with this idea of Solana NFTs um, mm-hmm. and building a potential marketplace for them. Um, and it's kind of how I really started getting immersed in the space and then learned to invest more time, then went full-time Web3, mm-hmm. um, actually exactly two years ago from wow. today. Um, wow. So November, well November, yeah. I think it was November, November 1st. So, so yeah. you know, it's two years and two days uh, from today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we started, we've been building hyperspace since. Wow, that's a very impressive journey. So let's get into it. Tell us about the creator economy. What does the creator economy mean? Yeah, the thing that I, I think I'm best poised to speak on is I've always been a uh, proponent of YouTube, of, of content making, um, that was kind of my hobby growing up. I, I was a kid who wasn't particularly good at video games, was terrible at sports. So naturally, as a dude, you know, growing, growing up in the early to, to 2010s, I uh, naturally got immersed into creating YouTube videos. I, was, I think I got started with like Lego stop motion and uh, play clarinet for the, for the camera. Um, so I've always been interested in the, in the creator space. Um, mm-hmm. And then in 2020, right before COVID happened, uh, while I was still in banking, a lot of my friends encouraged me to jump into the creator space myself, uh, simply just because I had the personality for it. I'm, I'm quite good at, I think, speaking just in general. So a lot of my friends for a while encouraged me, hey, you should do YouTube, you should do YouTube. Never really found the opportunity. And then I actually found it to be my only hobby available um, during banking. So I started launching videos on um, finance and careers in the early early 2010. Then COVID happened. 
um, couldn't go outside. People were looking at career and finance stuff on YouTube anyways. So my content creator um, career kind of kicked off then. And then um, naturally with my Web3 immersion, it further provokes kind of my interest in the space. Um, I'm active on LinkedIn, on TikTok, and anything, honestly, creator. Um, it's gotten me to link with other creators in the space and other mentors in the space who are deeper um, and doing uh, content creation full-time. And I think that uh, Web3 kind of is the pinnacle of the internet, which obviously includes the creator space, uh, where you're having people come together for community involvement, engagement, um, the ability to create content, and then um, ultimately monetize it so that this economy part comes through. So I could say firmly that uh, Web3 kind of is the ultimate playing ground for content creators to immerse themselves. Yeah, so that I mean, that's definitely one of the things that Web3 is quite good at. And lots of creators have actually emerged in the space, powerful creators, and, and I would say you are one of them as well. But in terms of long-term sustainability, Web3 hasn't been kind to creators, has it? So what do you think are the reasons for this? Yeah, it really hasn't. And I think you could probably argue both sides. And what I mean by that is Web3 hasn't been kind of to content creators, but content creators have actually also not been kind to Web3. And I I will openly say, and perhaps I'll regret saying this, but I, these are my general views. I, I would I would argue that content creation in Web3 is quite limited. Um, there, mm -hmm. there really is not much real content out there um, that's legitimate and for people to actually care about. Um, I, I'm always of the belief that a majority of human beings uh, don't really care about like NFT technicalities or DeFi or any of these super extravagant Web3 nerdy things that I think that the builders themselves think a lot of people care about. But realistically, creating content around what floor prices are doing well or like how to analyze quote unquote NFT trading yeah. isn't hitting the masses. And even the people that are super involved, I think are more in this to make quick flips or um, mm -hmm. learn to learn about new coming, projects coming, which is quite limited by the, the bear market. Um, so you need to make content that is consumable and, and enjoyable for the everyday person, which ultimately means that you want to be more mass adoptable and, and immersive. So I would almost say that in Web3, the tools are available. Like there's ways to uh, monetize yourself. Recently, I've been exploring with a content called TurnUp or a platform mm -hmm. called TurnUp where you're able to uh, monetize streaming and, and have key holding. There's been Stars Arena, Frenzies. And on top of that, other platforms like um, Only One, which is kind of like an OnlyFans for Web3. Um, you've also seen like uh, Boombox, which is a music content platform. There, there, there are tools available. I think it's less... It's less so that the real creators out there that make uh, content for the masses, the ones that are accruing millions of views or content that mm -hmm. people are easily digesting. One, they're very skeptical of Web3. Two, they don't know how to use Web3. Mm -hmm. And three, the existing creators on Web3 have put a bad name for themselves because they're only really in it for the money as opposed to creating content that they actually enjoy making. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you've raised some quite good points thing is, maybe it's the content creators themselves that have shot themselves in the foot in terms of long-term sustainability, isn't it? Because there is a way to become a good content creator for the short term, uh, gain lots of hype and then kind of fizzle out. But it's kind of the long-term aspect that people are finding hard to grasp, isn't it? Correct. And, and the other point that I want to make here is that 
I think, and, and bear with me as I, as I explain something quite abstract, but mm-hmm. if you are able to accept um, as a consumer base and as uh, both creators and consumers in the space that the venues at which these content creators, quote unquote, or this new wave of Web3 content creators are making use of various platforms like minting on a launchpad or a drip on Solana where you distribute free art or using these social five platforms, so on and so forth as temporary measures of almost new seasons or new episodes of content over and over again, then I almost think there's no problem because all the, the consumers are doing is they're maybe paying, you know, at most, especially in this bear market, you know, $20, $30 for a mint and then getting some level of entertainment around it, whether it be drama or whether it be this, you know, person rugging, people talking about it on Twitter, <laughs> joining spaces, and then potentially making money off of it by selling it later. So um, if I'm making any sense here, I think that the same way that you're paying for Netflix or a movie, um, and you're uh, there's no expectation of getting anything back, if you accept that you are in, in turn paying for quote unquote on-demand entertainment, then there's no problem. I think the issue is that people in Web3 have a hard time separating this community aspect and they have to be entertained and they have to be cared for and the people have to like them and the community has to exist and you have to make money, which yeah. there is no form of entertainment that has ever existed like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe Web3 can be the first one. We just have to find someone who's successful in all those aspects. But definitely investors, they want to make money as well, isn't it? And I know there are people who enjoy the entertainment aspect of it. But where do you think the monetary aspect comes into play in terms of investors making money? Mm. Um, I mean, I mean, off the bat, the if I'm understanding your uh, question correctly, the creators have to make money. Like they have to yeah. uh, make a living if they want to make good content. I, mm. I know for a fact myself, I've, yeah. I've been on the creator and consumer side of things. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the incentives are clear, like human beings by nature, they want to make money, they want to be incentivized. Um, So I think that Web3 just near, we can only go towards Web3 creator monetization in two ways. Either we stick to the narrative that I'm at, I just talked about, where we all mutually accept that this is, you know, just like a one-time thing. You keep on moving from platform to platform and there's a chance that people make money, right? Um, Or, uh, Web3 is merely tool providing that allows blockchain currencies and blockchain items and blockchain smart contracts to be the infrastructure behind um, these people making money. The same way that YouTube and Google AdSense and Patreon and all these platforms are just, are using quote unquote Web2 or uh, fire resources to get these people paid. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the other route. The, the added fun layer is that most Web3 individuals are very uh, internet savvy and they're on the internet 24 seven. So there's a higher access to them and a cultural shift mm-hmm. of being more creator friendly and creative fun in terms of understanding what the creator economy is. But I think mm-hmm. realistically, the rest of 8 billion human beings on earth are not going to jump to Web3 anytime soon. So for them, it'd just be a behind the scenes providing infrastructure plan. I think creator economies in Web3 are a bit different from the ones outside in the sense that I think most of it is how successful they are in terms of calling a project. So, you know, making their followers money. And I think because Web3 is so 
focused on how to make as much money as possible for many investors. The ones that do well are the ones that say good things about a project, people buy in, and then that project goes up in price. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that has a big sway on the creators in Web3? Yeah, I certainly do. And I, I think that the better way to answer your question for me is, I think we're slowly seeing a shift mm. away from projects being the center of that and it becoming individuals. Um, and in, in, a, in a weird way, Web3 is almost behind Web2 in the sense where I think even in Web2, it typically was, especially back in my day, there were, this is an overly American thing, but there were, there were entities that hosted these creators like uh, College Humor or um, even Barcel nowadays, with platforms that kind of uh, engage with these users and, and allow them to enjoy content. But nowadays you have figures like Mr. Beast or like um, uh, Speed or I always mispronounce his name, but see case and not, or some some people like that who then individually are almost big as corporations themselves. And I think you're quickly seeing that in Web3 where you're seeing influencers have almost more influence than projects because they're easier to keep track, keep track. They're they have a individual investment or buy-in into creating or expanding their brand and providing utility as opposed to projects, which requires a lot of coordination, um, easy to rug and less of a self-identification besides floor price. Where if you, on the other hand, if you can have a direct investment or buy-in into a single individual, and you know for a fact that this person has um, proven out their value to the community or to the masses for a while, you want to be part of their upside. So there's, I think there's a reason why Socialify is, is exploding now, because now there's finally um, big names to get behind. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. Now people are moving away from simply who's the best pump and dump, I guess. Um, which brings me to our next point. What kind of creators are left? What kind of creator still exists in Web3? Um, great phenomenal question. I, I mean, number one, the quote-unquote alpha leakers slash engagement farmers, mm. um, they still exist. But to not call them out, but just just be honest about what's going on. I've seen yeah. many of them kind of deteriorate away. They're, uh, I think, reusing a lot of content. You see their engagement down because they're not really providing any value. I think a lot of them are careful in the projects that they're investing into because one, there are no projects left. And two, they've been burned so many times. So you see a lot of them kind of deteriorate away. Um, and then the secondly, I think in a slightly similar camp, you have the like degenerate um, influencers. I can think of like Sugar and Arium um, on Solana and Bitcoin. <laughs> who loves investing and, and also giving advice. You also have like Raymond who launched Funnies. Those guys are actually like investing behind the scenes, creating their own projects. They're like very open about rugs and things like that. They, they, they're actually putting money where their mouth is um, and they've really kept this persona of being a DJ. So I think they're still in it for the long run. They got bull runs coming, um, but they're, they're kind of like a market trading analyst, but a degenerate format for Web3. Um, yeah. Then you kind of have this, I would say new, new type of real, quote unquote, real influencer, like uh, Soul Jakey, or um, I, I would dare put myself in that bucket, where we're very fully exposed. People know who we are. Um, we're not necessarily NFT trading, but we have a persona. We're attending different events. People know us as people. Uh, we're not necessarily uh, like single chain uh, native. Um, and in some ways, we're presentable because we're docs and we have real life 
uh, personas behind us. So I think that wave is inevitable and we're kind of serving as uh, almost lab rats. Like we're, we're, we're testing these Web3 toolings uh, because we're both Web3 native, but also thinking about um, content content. So um, what would you say is the best kind of creator if, if there is one? Or is there, is there room for every kind of creator? I, I think the market is early enough where there's room mm. for every type of creator. Um, I do think that, um, obviously I'm biased because I am who I am, but I think that if we're aiming for Web3 adoption and, and we want to pause this um, only 20,000 people do the same thing over and over again uh, cycle, we do need these middle of the ground. And even, honestly, even I might be too Web3 native um, to a certain point. I think we 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 need genuinely like the Logan Pauls who, who actually kind of tried and in a way scammed, but um, we need very like everyone friendly types of creators to start using friendly Web3 tooling for this to be massively adoptable. But I think we're still far, far away because a lot of these primitive projects aren't necessarily focusing on onboarding them and we're hyper-focused on doing it for Web3 natives. Which actually brings me to my next question. It's a bit of a long one. Um, so what is the outside perception of Web3 what are the Web2 creators that are looking into the Web3 space looking for and what would make them step into the world of Web3? Hmm. It's twofold. One, there's obviously the immediate allergic reaction of like, oh, Web3 is a scam, NFT is mm -hmm. a scam. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like, I don't think it's a very easy to help case because that's a personal opinion that's been ingrained in them over social media, over news cases, and frankly, uh, real life examples of Web3 actually being a scam. On the on the flip side, I think that there are a lot of influencers and creators that are always looking for newer ways to monetize and also newer ways to make content. Like people, I've been on the side before where you hit content blocks and you're not really sure what to talk about next or what to do next or how to take your uh, audience uh, to the next level. And I think Web3 has the ability for you to expand your audience relatively um, easily at, at lower cost because I'm actually a firm believer that Web3 content has a lower barrier to entry. I still recall back in 2022 um, where I started just posting pictures of my food and that's very like 2008 Instagram uh, meta where people first started doing that you know two decades ago. And when you do that on Twitter um, to NFT Twitter or crypto Twitter, people still get excited because there's not much in real life content being being posted. Like if you recall um, Instagram right now or Facebook, mm -hmm. you post a story on your on your Instagram of like the outsides or you at a beach, people are going to be like, that's just another picture of a beach because they've seen that a million times. Mm -hmm. But if you post a picture of a really cool beach on crypto Twitter and caption it, you know, GM or, or touching grass, people still go crazy because I think there's this weird this, this location or separation um, of content creation almost being a little behind on that three or the barrier entry being a little low. Um, so I, I would argue that's those are the two venues. And I think the the thing that I'm looking forward to the most are these everyday or regular creators coming into the space and using it as a means to either expand their audience, monetize in different ways, or try out new tech. So let's move on a little bit to advice. So let's say I'm new and I want to enter the creator economy in Web3 specifically. What advice would you give me? Or, or anyone. Are you a new creator or are you an existing creator that's trying to jump into Web3? I was, about, I was about to get to 
one for each. <laughs> so I was going to oh, start okay, with <laughs> the new and then the existing ones, because I'm sure the existing ones will be listening to this podcast as well and, and want to know what you think. So we'll start with the new first. Yeah, if you're a complete, let's say you, you have no creator experience, but your first jump into creation is Web3. I think the, the number one thing to do is go see what Web3 culture is like. Um, let, the same way that if you go on TikTok right now, um, there's a lot of Gen Z uh, nuances that simply even I, who's 26, is too old to understand. Uh, but if you you know ask teenagers, like, why is this funny? They'll immediately tell you, oh, this is like the funniest thing on earth. Um, and I think that's because they almost have their own language and these niches have been developing on their own. Uh, the same way, I think, in, you know, NFT Twitter, things like, uh, you know, GM or like um, a certain projects being okay to make fun of or certain projects being kind of the kings of the era that you do this on, certain memes that you're using, things that you really wouldn't understand day one, that you have to have either almost like a mentor figure teach you or you dig deep yourself. Um, and two, Web3 at the end of the day is also very involved in the asset ownership and, and investment. So I think a good way to immerse yourself is to buy into the, some of these communities and understand what's going on. Um, I, I also preach that there's no other community or industry like Web3 where literally putting money into something can buy you audiences or friends and community members. And yeah, you can see that skeptically, but on the, on the flip side, I think it's kind of a seek code of like you could buy an nft and just tweet it out and say i just bought this and people get excited um so i, I would recommend that uh, as, a, as a great first step um and what do you think about doxing is it necessary is it useful or can you can you be a creator can you enter the economy without even doxing at all what, what's your opinion on that i know you're doxed uh yeah i mean i'm, I'm obviously biased and, and you've seen plenty of examples of people that um aren't doxed and are doing relatively fine but i think that um, that's also because of, that only works in the NFT space. And I've also seen it actually not work in the NFT space growingly because <laughs> people at the end of the day want to attach themselves to a real life human being um, and, and give that trust to a certain degree. Obviously not being docs allows you to be a bit more degenerate, not tie anything to your name, so on and so forth. I happen to be docs just in general, even before coming into Web3 mm -hmm. through my other content creation. So there was no reason to be not docs. Okay. Um, I think that people like trusting that they can recognize a face to a name um, and then, and kind of a side caveat, but if you start becoming, you know, a quote unquote real influencer or content creator, and you're going on these talks or conferences, it's super awkward to uh, explain yourself and say, Hey, I am this person. And they go, Oh, as opposed to them already recognizing your face because they've seen it a million times. And I think that's kind of the big, big added bonus of being doxxed. Um, there's, there's also an additional, overall presence uh, feel where I think that if you are just a PFP um, mm -hmm. and, and beyond your voice, um, it's it's easy to um, not really feel tied to you or as opposed to if you're a quote unquote real person, um, it feels better. Um, yeah, so I think people really have to think about whether or not they want to dox, but you've raised quite a few good points about being doxed there. And as well, you know, if you're already a content creator in Web2, then there's no point not being doxxed in Web3. Which brings us to our next point. What advice do you have for the people who are already content creators in Web3? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if, I'm, if I am um, <laughs> at liberty to say it, given that you know, I am barely a content creator, I'd say. But I think I, I want to challenge them to not tie themselves to um, things that they're used to. Because I think a lot of, I, feel, I see a lot of content creators kind of plateau and again, as I said before, 
use or reuse um, everything that they've done before. And it seems like there's not much challenging themselves to try new things, um, which I think is the core aspect of, of Web3 really uh, is to be experimental and try new things. So I would really not even advise, but I, I want to challenge them to say, hey, like I know that the market's down. Um, there might be limitations on what you can do. Um, but given the resources that you have, the audience that you have, um, maybe just try to do like completely something different, maybe something that has nothing to do with NFTs um, and use that platform, use that persona. Because there's there must be a reason you went viral and you've been consistent all this time. Um, I think that's kind of the, the two cents that I would give. And then what about the people who are already Web2 creators wanting to get into Web3? Is there anything that they need to be aware of before they step in? Or should they just use what they've always known? I, I really think that Web3 is a goldmine in terms of existing Web2 creators who have a presence on Web2. Um, all they need to do is somehow communicate to them that, you know, this is not NFTs, it's not a scam. And I'm just trying these new platforms out that their existing audiences can use. Because I think there's nothing that's bigger of a gateway than an individual that you like following saying, hey, I'm going to go on this platform to make this kind of content now. And you've seen it kind of work across uh, people transitioning from TikTok to YouTube or YouTube to TikTok. Uh, the, the medium of choice is not that important at the end of the day when you're committed to the, the creator or influencer that you're um, subscribed to. So I think it's more about figuring out what platform or what three tooling that you're um, trusting and that you actually need and that provides additional value to your um, audiences and then translating that over. I, I would almost say like, it's not really worth um, investing over into or over investing into Web3 specific content. It's more about using your your content, the existing content and then mm -hmm. displaying in a Web3 medium. Do you have any parting words for the Web3 community in general? I, I really want people to be more experimental. I think that we're We've kind of stagnated. I haven't seen anything brand, brand new in a while, especially when it comes to mints or projects, even content creation. Um, I think it comes from a human instinct of not trying to be, or, or trying to be overly safe and not and risk averse. But I first joined this space because I thought it was a pinnacle of, of being um, experimental and trying new things. So I really hope that out of this bear market comes an ability to try new things and not repeat the same mistakes again. And then, and I, I strongly caution against if or when the new bull market comes for people not to just rinse and repeat the same taxes again. Well, thank you very much, Brian. Do you have anything else that you'd like to tell us? I was super happy to be here. This is a topic that I can go on for hours. And I, I really look forward to this new, new era of content creation to come to Web3. Thank you so much, Brian. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Please be sure to follow Brian on X, formerly known as Twitter. His handle is the Brian June. That's T H E B R Y A N J U N. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Zero to One Cast and that it's been useful for you. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please don't hesitate to reach out at 021fm.web3 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We hope you enjoy your day and we appreciate you for tuning in. Be sure to join us on our next episode as we continue our enjoyable journey from zero to one. Thank you.